Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Walt Disney World is making some interesting changes to how the theme parks and resorts are managed. And a Kissimmee family is arrested for a Walt Disney World ticket scam. We have this story again. Uh, We're going to have a review of the new brunch offerings at Fulton's Crab House. And the team will offer some tips to a Disney listener planning his first trip to Olani. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 870, for the week of January 26th, 2016. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Ooh, it's chilly here in Florida. It's 65. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Worling. Hi, everybody. Julie Martin. Hi. Back in the production nook, our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Along with intern and writer extraordinaire, Mr. (laughs) Steve Porter. Hello. So welcome, everybody. Hope you are having a good day and a good week. And uh, I certainly am. I get to spend my Mondays in a theme park now. So yay for me. Um, Got some things in housekeeping. Uh, First, just want to... Make sure we mention our Diz Unplug- other Diz Unplugged shows for this week. Uh, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast went up this past Monday. goes up every Monday. And uh, this was part two of Johnny Kevin's uh, Viking River Cruise. That is true. Part two. Uh, the second part of this uh, coverage that we did takes uh, looks at the itinerary of our cruise and at what we felt about that. We also covered the exploding shower. That was last week. We talked about the exploding shower. That was the excitement of that. Well, this is the one that just went up yesterday, right? No, part two is the itinerary. Part one was the ship itself. And in the ship itself, we talked about our accommodations. And then coming up on this week's show, the one that will be released next Monday, uh, we're going to talk to one of our Dreams Unlimited Travel agents, Jana Kazmierzak, about sandals and beaches. She talks all about sandals and beaches, why she likes that as a destination, and offers some really great information and tips for folks who are looking at that kind of travel. Awesome. Uh, also, uh, every Monday on iTunes, every Sunday live, Mixler.com at 11 p.m. Eastern, or I'm sorry, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This week, the team discusses the week in Disneyland news, plus Nancy Johnson begins a new series entitled Disneyland is My Land, focused on making sure your kids are getting the most out of their Disneyland vacation. Does Disney know that uh, Disneyland now belongs to Nancy Johnson? <laughs> Um, and uh, coming up th- that's the episode that just went up uh, yesterday and coming up I guess this week Michael conti- Michael Bowling continues his 60 years of Disneyland series with a look at the design and construction of the Haunted Mansion and uh, so I guess you have that coming up so that's the Disneyland edition um, do we know what the trip is doing this week? Mm-mm. we don't know what the trip is doing but the trip will be doing something Wednesday 1pm Eastern disunplugged.com and, of course, Thursday, the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged with Craig Williams, Jenny Lynn Knopp, and Rhino Clavin. And this week, the, they are talking about, uh, they're doing an attraction review of Spider-Man. So that sounds exciting cor- for you. That's correct. 
looking at you to say something. And <laughs> you just said it all for me. <laughs> I felt like I was at the laugh floor. Correct. <laughs> um, while we are on the subject of our other shows, I do have an announcement to make regarding the trip. Um, with a lot of the changes that we've been making, uh, all of you have been noticing the amount of time we're in the parks, the stuff coming out of the studio now every day, in addition to our shows. Um, uh, in a discussion I had with Jackie, Jenny Lynn, and uh, Teresa, we have decided to retire that show at the end of February. Um, and I know some people are going to be very disappointed to see it go. Uh, rest assured, Jackie, Jenny Lynn, and Teresa will still be here. Uh, you're going to be seeing other things coming out of the studio. We have some plans for them as a trio to do some do some fun things uh, on the site. And, uh, of course, Jenny Lynn is doing the uh, great job with the Daily Fixes, plus there are some other nice, cool new things that she's going to be doing. So just as we're kind of introducing all these new changes, we kind of came to a conclusion that with what Jenny Lynn already has on, what she already had on her plate with the addition of the new stuff, Teresa with managing the Welcome Center and her Dreams Unlimited clients, um, and Jackie having to drive down here uh, from Jacksonville, um, it was just getting to be too much. So I made the decision with their with their blessing, of course, that it would be better to kind of retire the show and move them into other areas. So I believe that would be February 24th will be the last episode of the trip, Wednesday the 24th. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Uh, also, many of you are asking me for details on the 10th anniversary of the Diz Unplugged in July. And while we are still working at hammering out those details, I will let everybody know it is going to happen the weekend of July 22nd through the 26th. We just don't have the details out ready yet for release. We're working on some really, really cool stuff. But it is going to happen that weekend. So if you're planning, if you're wanting to be here, start making your plans. It is going to happen that weekend, July 22nd through the 26th. It's a Thursday through a Tuesday or Friday through a Tuesday. And uh, that Monday, the 25th, is going to be the live 10th anniversary show. And keep your fingers crossed. I think we may have a very, very, very cool venue for that. Um, that uh, that we're working on. So we got a lot of things we're be, we're planning for that weekend to do, but we're not ready to make any formal announcements. But I know people want to start booking their plans. Count on it, the 22nd through the 26th. We're doing it, uh, but we will release details as time goes on. So if you want to uh, if you want to be here for that, go ahead and start making your plans. July 22nd through the 26th, with July 25th being the big day, our 10th anniversary the exact 10th anniversary of our first roundtable format of the of the Disunplugged. Hard to believe it's been 10 years we've been doing this. It. And I haven't aged at all. <laughs> no, not, neither have I. Neither have I. I'm practically 29. All right, anything else in <laughs> housekeeping? Nope, no? nothing for me. No? All right, then we'll move on to Johnny with the news. All right, our first news story. Changes in management at Walt Disney World. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Walt Disney World is changing the way the management system works at their theme parks effective immediately. Instead of having managers in certain departments like food and beverage or merchandise, the general managers will be in charge of 
of a whole area such as Fantasyland. TheLaughingPlace.com says, quote, proprietors would manage each part of the operation within the area. From frontline managers would report to the proprietor. This will not only affect the theme parks, but will also the hotels, Disney Springs, and the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Each hotel will now have one general manager, as opposed to the current practice, where one person often has was responsible for several resorts. There will be no layoff or job layoffs or jobs added as part of this reorganization. According to Orlando Sentinel, 18 managerial positions will become executive positions. Disney said that the philosophy is to take a more holistic approach to management, focusing on the overall guest experience. Well, you know, and I think that's exactly what this is going to do and why they're just getting around to this now, I don't know. Um, So to kind of boil that down a little bit, uh, right now, the way the management structure is over the Magic Kingdom, for example, you have have a, a, a vice president in charge of that park, but then you have the food and beverage person who's in charge of all food and beverage for the Magic Kingdom. You have a sanitation person. You have uh, merchandise, retail, all that stuff. Now what they're doing is they're centralizing it in the various lands. So Tomorrowland is going to basically have its own general manager. They're calling it a proprietor, I guess. And that person is now responsible for managing sanitation in Tomorrowland, retail in Tomorrowland, attractions, all that stuff. So they're centralizing it in these individual areas. And I think this is a very, very good thing, something that is going to have, hopefully, as long as they empower these people, it's one thing to put them in the position, but if you don't give them the, the authority to affect change, I don't know how much it's actually going to do. I, th- I think it's huge. Uh, just there's a lot that they can take pride in knowing, oh, wow, Tomorrowland looks great now. Instead, of, it's hard to say, oh, the the food and beverage is a lot better. It's easier to say Frontierland seems so much better than Tomorrowland, and maybe that can make management decisions on that, and like, oh, maybe Tomorrowland needs someone new, or I think it's easier to see and compare when there's pride in the section. A sense of, of ownership, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's some ownership in, in, in these various areas. And, you know, I kind of joked about it on today's Daily Fix, but... Uh, you know, maybe it will mean the bathrooms will be a little bit cleaner. I was in a, I went to the bathroom in, where were we? Frontierland, I think it was. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I and, and I've ranted about this in the show before about remembering the days when Disney had clean bathrooms. Um, and you know, if you're a smoker and you go into the smoking area, um, I remember the, you know, the time, you know, back in the day when Disney used to clean out the ashtrays. Now it's like a bouquet of cigarette butts. Um, I mean, massive hundreds of cigarette butts crammed into this thing. It's like there's nobody going around cleaning. There's no one going around cleaning, and there's no pride being taken in the park from a maintenance standpoint, in my opinion. So I'm hoping that by centralizing the management around these different areas, that will that will help change some of this stuff. Talking about the resorts, um, when I was a cast member, that's the way the resorts used to be run. Each resort had a general manager, and they were in charge. And as cutbacks occurred, that's when they started adding more and more resorts to one manager. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really good thing from a resort's point of view. Because one of the things that does then, too, is that allows them to also budget appropriately. Well, this is my resort, and this is the amount of money I get, and this is how I'm going to budget my finances, rather than having to worry about two or three resorts. Well, I remember a few years back, before 
the poly refurb, the last poly refurb that went on. Uh, Norm Noble, I believe, was general manager over the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian. And I remember a cast member saying to me that, you know, they hated that arrangement because it was the Grand that got all the rehab money. Okay. And the poly was just kind of ignored. And so I think this maybe helps situations like, and look, I've actually met Norm Noble a few times. He's a great guy. And, but I, I, I never understood why. You would put one general manager in charge of multiple resorts. It was because- cutbacks. It was, it was because they were going through a period where they were trying to save money, and they thought that this was a more effective way of managing the resorts. When we all know it's not. I think what's interesting about the going in and going this tact in the parks, as far as land goes, I wonder if this is going to set up a competition now. I hope so between these proprietors who now says, "Well, you know, my restaurants make more money." Or my attendance in my area is up and rides are up because of things. And my like bathrooms that. are clean. Right. So maybe it's going to set up sort of this uh, competition between them that says who's going to have the better area of a park. Should be interesting. Should think. be interesting. I, I'm very interested to see how this uh, how this plays out. Agreed. All right. Our second news story: Kissimmee family arrested for Walt Disney World ticket scam. The Kissimmee family has been arrested for their involvement in a Walt Disney World ticket scam. Eileen Hightower, 50, and her adult children, Samuel Velasquez Jr. and Sabrina Velasquez, along with Hightower's niece, Jennifer Cancel, pleaded guilty to the crime. The family stole personal information, which they used to create fake driver's licenses and credit cards, which were then used to buy Disney tickets. They then sold the tickets to Kissimmee ticket brokers. In just a few months, they bought and sold over $100,000 in theme park tickets. Wow. Senior U.S. District Judge G. Kendall Sharp sentenced each of them to at least three years in prison, and they were ordered to pay $107,000 in restitution. Boy, that's a lot in a short period of time, $100,000 in tickets. In yeah. a few months, yeah. In a few months. In a few months. Tremendous amount of... Well, I mean, they just, they were, they, they were hitting all the greatest hits. They were hitting, uh, you know, identity theft, credit card fraud, uh, ticket scams. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Get a job. Yeah. Get a job. Go to work. Get a job. Okay? Unemployment rates at 5.5%. Get a damn job. Bring her back up on the screen. Any employers out there like to hire her? <laughs> I don't know which one this is. That's Elaine. Oh, is that Elaine? Yes. yes. Elaine, 26, is looking for a job. <laughs> Highly skilled in purchasing of tickets and selling tickets. And making driver's licenses and credit right. cards. Exactly. Oh, Lord. All right. That is going to do it for the news. We are going to move on to Roundtable Rapid Fire, and we'll throw it over to John. All right. Uh, Disney Vacation Club is celebrating its 25th year in 2016, and they've announced several several ways that members will be able to celebrate. Uh, first and foremost, they're opening a DVC member lounge in Epcot's Imagination Pavilion. Uh, you'll be able to take a break from the theme. Members will be able to take a break from the theme park, enjoy seating, complimentary beverages, charging stations, and access to computers and printers. There's also going to be spe- several special after-hours events going on for DVC members. February 25th and March 3rd, they're having a 25 and beyond bash at the Magic Kingdom. Um, we are signed up actually for the March 3rd event, so I'm excited to see what they do for that. Then in June and July, June 23rd and 29th, 
July 6th and 13th, they're having a neighborhood beach bash at Typhoon Lagoon. Um, I know several members who went through this last year said it was great, uh, had a great time. What's the difference between a party and a bash? Well, I think because Typhoon... Printers, they're going to have printers. <laughs> no, that's the lounge is going to have printers, oh, sorry. Um, <coughs> For your emergency printing needs in the theme park. <laughs> I think they're just looking at... The number of times I have been at Epcot and saying, damn, I wish I had my printer with me. If I only had a printer. <laughs> uh, in September the 6th, 13th, 22nd, and 27th, they're going to have a safari spectacular at Animal Kingdom. No idea what that means. And then they've also said... That there's Giraffe be a- roast. <laughs> Remember giraffe roast. Everybody's getting guns. <laughs> so far. Well, I will say that the, uh, the 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 member lounge is about the only yeah. exciting thing going to be happening at uh, the Imagination Pavilion. Sorry, Kathy. But they took away the whole upstairs. Kathy, the they've got printers. <laughs> yes. Oh, great. Good. I, I, I was in chairs. Apparently, I was in Epcot on on Saturday, <laughs> and I I uh, was, was with my niece Melanie, and. I, I did something I swore I would never, ever, ever, ever do. I waited 20 minutes in line to ride that atrocious ride. Um, I, I, I wanted to film it. I got a new camera, and I wanted to film it with a new camera, and so I didn't want to use, I was not, I refused to use a fast pass for that. I refused. So I ended up waiting the 20 minutes in the line, and the line is almost as obnoxious as the ride is. Um, but, yeah. so It'll grow on you. No. It, well, so will cancer. It doesn't mean I want it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Other celebrations that are planned for the 25th anniversary include special merchandise, complimentary member buttons, a new membership card, special and a special photo kiosk where you can take a photo and print it while you wait. And in an unrelated Ooh. story, your dues are all going up <laughs> to pay for all this. I would save all of your printing and go to Epcot. Mm-hmm. For all your printing needs. I think this, I Bring think a ream of paper. I think this is nice stuff that they're doing for Very members. Very nice. Especially because it's no extra cost. It, Pete joked, member dues are not going up. No, I'm kidding. But I think the parties are really cool, all free. So... Cool. Remember to go. I think they've been doing some really cool stuff, members only stuff. You know, Tomorrowland, getting a chance to get a sneak peek at the Tomorrowland movie uh, last year was very cool. They so. do that every once in a while. They announce a film is out. Um, they did it for The Good Dinosaur. Um, I think they did it for Star Wars, too, but we weren't around for that. All right. Thank you, John. Kevin. Nine Dragons is celebrating the Year of the Monkey beginning February 8th, the Chinese New uh, Year of the Monkey. Does that mean every dish will have monkey? <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Yes. The year of the monkey, monkey brains like in Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Oh. Uh Thanks, Craig. <laughs> the lunch there's going to be a lunch special, three courses for seventeen dollars, and it starts with spring rolls or pot stickers. Then there's a choice of three entrees: a happy family with sliced chicken breast, beef, and shrimp, mukugai pan with stir fried chicken breast, mushrooms, and snow peas, and General Sao's chicken buns lunchbox. General Sao's buns, chicken buns. <laughs> General Sao's chicken buns lunchbox. How did they with get this? Three st- <laughs> General sounds not real fast. Um, <laughs> three steamed buns with hot and sour soup. Dessert is strawberry and be- red bean ice cream. You excited? Ooh. And ginger caramel ice cream. Another addition to the menu just for the year of the monkey. Ooh. Just for the year of the monkey. Our three steamed buns. Braised pork <laughs> belly served with chili a- aioli. Sweet and sour batter fried fish buns topped with pork floss. That one it thrills me. No, I had pork floss. <laughs> And General Tso's chicken buns with 
batter fried chicken breast. Pork floss is a dry, fluffy, shredded pork seasoned with soy sauce and ginger. <laughs> Does that sound good or what? <laughs> <laughs> and a cold, I can't say this word, sing sao? Beer? Ding sao? Ding sao? I apologize, <laughs> I'm not being racist. <laughs> um, I'm the, looking to the resident alcoholic. Oh, no. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? I'm T- not getting in on this one. T S I N G T A O. I'm it's just not going to offend anyone. Budweiser. I'm pretty sure. Budweiser. Chinese Budweiser. Chinese Budweiser. The menu specials run through January 27th, 2017, so you have plenty of time. And as a dessert, Tums. Lots and lots of Tums. And it just so happens, just so happens, we will have a review of Nine Dragons for you uh, next week's show. Uh, John, Kevin, Craig, and I are going to be checking that out next Monday. So yeah, that, I'm going to have pork floss, I promise. <laughs> Craig shows a dress like a monkey. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Kathy. It's a sad day at Epcot because Habit Heroes is now closed. Is there any point in living? No, there isn't. It's just really sad. So the only thing that is left in that Interventions is Stormstruck, Some of All Thrills, and Colortopia. So, so in other words, it's just ready for the bulldozer. Pretty much. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy is like, yeah, she's she's in mourning. Yeah. I was there for both versions, and I'm surprised it lasted this long. <laughs> well, they've done some things over there, like, we're going to show you how to save money. We feel the same way about Figment. <laughs> we're going to show you how to recycle. We're showing how you insulate your house. We're going to educate you, and you're, you're going to have fun. You like it or not. Edutainment. Yeah. Because kids love that word. Well, they're tearing the, the, the house apart in there, too, but nobody knows what they're doing with it yet. Oh, the bar, that, the fire building, house? Building a condo? Vision, no, the vision house oh. that they had. They're building a condo? Yeah. Mm. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Julie. Okay. Um, Disney has recalled two of their infant bodysuits. One is a Darth Vader bodysuit, and the other is from the Diamond Celebration at Disneyland. Um, I felt like this was – it came out on the 19th, but just in case, so that everyone knows, because – Approximately 10,000 of these infant bodysuits are being recalled. So, um, the one with featuring Darth Vader is gray, and it says, If you only knew the power of the dark side. It was sold at Disney World, Disneyland, and aboard Disney Cruise Line. And it's all three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months, and 24 month sizes. And then the Disneyland Resort Diamond Celebration one is light blue. It has Mickey, Goofy, Donald, and Pluto in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. It was sold only at the Disneyland Resort in sizes 6 months, 12 months, 18 months, and 24 months. Is there a reason for the recall? Yes. The so there off. are no incidents or injuries that have actually been reported, but supposedly the snaps on the bodysuit come off easily. Oh. Um, maybe after washing. I'm not sure. But that definitely poses a choking hazard oh for gosh, yeah. those children. So um, the chat says um, the buttons were choking children. Yeah. Well, there were no actual accidents reported or incidents, but that it could, it could. happen. <clears throat> so, okay. Disney is providing a full refund of 20 bucks. That's pretty expensive for an infant bodysuit, in my opinion, anyway. So, get your money back, people. Call Disney, 844-722-1444. Operators are standing by. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Gregory. Okay. So, what's the weather like? <laughs> <laughs> Chilly or what? It's a little misty. So, um, 
Sorry about that. So uh, right now, the big rumor uh, for Star Wars fans going around is that uh, while Disney World may be planning a Star Wars Rebels meet and greet, Star Wars Rebels is the uh, the animated show that they show on Disney XD. And uh, so apparently the Disney auditions posted that uh, they were looking for characters that will be used in special events in May be used in meet and greets at the theme parks auditions are to take place on january 27th um and they went out to put the description of the people they're looking for a male that's five three to five seven that's 18 but could play a 14 year old and a female five four to five eight with a slender build and so uh they were seen at star wars weekends before and apparently at the star wars day at sea and now you might be able to meet them eventually one day can i see that picture again uh, is he wearing a Star Wars onesie? Yes, <laughs> that would be Ezra Bridger wearing his onesie. Oh. He does not look fourteen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. Over to you, Harry Potter. What do you got? All right, uh, a new Zootopia exhibit will open January 29th at Conservation Station at Rafiki's Planet Watch. Didn't we do this already? Uh, no? No. On Daily maybe, Fix. Maybe on the Daily oh, Fix. Daily Fix. Yeah. I'm getting, yeah, um, they're, they're all running together now. Guess we'll get to see some of the research the animators did, because they actually used uh, the Animal Kingdom to research some of the animals, so they're going to talk about that and probably do a little bit of a, like, show the guests uh, what they learned, uh, and uh, that's going to be exciting, and it opens March 4th, the movie does. Why doesn't Conservation I'm Station so just give people money to come out there? <laughs> just start handing out $20 bills. Please visit us. Please come see us. Do you ever go out there when you go to no. the kingdom? Is anybody else excited about Me? this movie? It was um, pretty I'm very excited about the movie, yes. yes. Movie, I am yes. Conservation Station showing no. us how the animators <laughs> drew it. Not so much. We were out there last week waiting for them to do surgery on Something interesting. Linus. And there was <laughs> quite, quite a bit sorry. of people, yeah. right? Yeah. What did Linus have done to him? <laughs> Linus, we never, removed. we never got to see because <laughs> she didn't cooperate when it came time to be anesthetized. So, oh, oh. <laughs> apparently they they train them all to put their paw up to be injected, and oh. the lion Linus wasn't having any of that. So well, it took them longer. Just, maybe it was her needed, time of the month. Okay, leave she her needed alone. surgery. <laughs> And, like, did they post that at the front of the park? Surgery is performed at, like, three? They, apparently, they Bob do... Bob saw him perform on a cheetah, and he kept saying yeah. the cheater. Mm, the cheater. cheater. <laughs> they do it every day but Wednesday. So if you want to go see them do... Whether they need it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's mostly cosmetic surgery. Though. It's mostly... No Botox around the eyes. <laughs> you need a little lift. <laughs> Don't we all? All right. Thank you. Thank you for that, Steve. All right. Um... We want to do something a little different, something we really haven't done before, and uh, it was one of the things I wanted to do this year on the show. Um, uh, it's kind of taking a page out of the Disneyland Editions book, where they uh, have listeners they have listeners call in and, and help them plan their trip. So I uh, came across Mike Campbell on the boards a few months ago and uh, saw that he was planning a trip to Olani for the first time. So from Staten Island, joining us now on Skype is Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, Pete. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. How much snow is on the ground? 31 inches of snow. I, mean, I think it's about 36 degrees today. How is it in Florida over there? Yeah, yeah, because it's cold here, too. <laughs> 30 inches of sunshine. 
<laughs> so, Mike, why don't you start off? Just tell us a little bit about yourself so everybody kind of gets to know you. Oh, okay. My name is Michael. I'm from New York City. I'm a proud member of the NYPD. I've been a Disney fan since I was about this tall. And last year, I actually got engaged at Walt Disney World. Um, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I'm actually going on my first Disney cruise this Friday. And next week, I'll be in Alani. Wow. So it's next week you're in, you're in Alani. Cool. Like it's tough already. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, first thing I want to ask you is what have been your main challenges in planning this trip? I mean, your first time going to Hawaii, not just Alani, correct? Right. The biggest challenge I would say to me and anybody maybe on the East Coast is maybe justifying the price of Alani. Because not only is the resort really expensive, but the flight from New York or anywhere on the East Coast to Hawaii is really expensive. So just justifying the cost of maybe doing something in Disney World or doing something maybe in Florida to there is, was a big challenge for us. But I said that I'm going to do what you guys have said to do, maybe split my stay up. I'm going to go to Disneyland, fly out there, split the flight up, and then stay there for two days and then fly out to Alani. And where are you staying at Disneyland? I'm sorry, Pete? What hotel are you staying at in, when you go to Disneyland? Disneyland Hotel. Oh, Good man. Yeah. Good man. He listens. Um, yeah. And that is that is something that, you know, we do tell people is that sometimes that, you know, because you can't I, we can get direct flights from the East Coast, you know, 10 hour flights. Usually what I do is out of Atlanta, I'll do a 10 hour flight right to right to Honolulu. Uh, sometimes uh, you actually end up getting a better price if you fly let's say from new york to los angeles because that's a real popular route you can get really aggressive rates on that and then from los angeles to honolulu because that's also a very popular route and they can get they can get some really aggressive rates there as well <laughs> and of course using that as an excuse to spend a couple days at disneyland have you been to disneyland before is this your first time no, this will be my first time in disneyland in california oh. wow what said is right i was funny because the price going round trip from new york to Hawaii was more expensive than breaking it up, going from New York to LA, Hawaii, and then back. Right. Yeah. That. Uh, it depends on time of year. It depends on a lot of a lot of circumstances as to how that how that flight breaks up. I find that Delta has some really good prices. I've always found really really good prices on Delta going direct out of Atlanta. Uh, I was really kind of surprised, um, but. So the cost of Alani, yeah, you're right. is uh, it's it's not it's not cheap, especially when you when you factor in what you have to pay to get out there. So we've all we've all, all kind of felt uh, felt that uh, that pain. My next challenge was but is Hawaii. That, Hawaii is an expensive destination, whether you're staying at Alani or any place else. I mean, Hawaii is not cheap. It's because it's Hawaii. I mean, you're going to get that that cost involved anywhere, unless you're staying at like the Hawaii Days Inn. <laughs> I'm just I'm just yeah, saying, if you're yeah. staying at you know a sub par place to stay, I'm sure you could find something dirt cheap. But if you're going to fly to Alani, you don't want to stay in a, you know the Days Inn. Yeah. Or you're flying to Hawaii, excuse me. So it's not an inexpensive destination, regardless of how where you're staying. But Alani, so worth it. it, it Here's what we tell people. We say you're not going to understand the value of Alani until you've been to Alani. Yeah. Once you go there, you're going to say, oh, now I understand why it's so expensive. This is why I want to keep going back. A um, couple of questions. I assume um, you're not DVC members. You've booked. Okay, so you, you don't have a DVC room. 
You have one no. of the standard rooms, quote unquote. Uh, any plans to rent a car while you're out there? Well, yeah, we're going to get we're going to get to right. that. I think he's got one of his other challenges, though, okay, that I'm he sorry. wanted to uh, bring up. Yeah. Oh, my other challenge was is how since I think most of the team has been there. How do you differentiate this vacation? You know, from a Disney cruise, uh, a parks vacation. What is the main difference for a Disney fan from going to the parks or a cruise to staying at Alani? There's no theme park. There's no theme park. Um, so <laughs> what Alani had to do in order to compete was really up its game uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the level of service and and things like that. Um, but what you also find with Alani, and I think. I think anybody who's been there will back me up on this, uh, especially locals. Uh, locals were very skeptical when Disney announced they were building this resort. But once it was built and they saw the care and attention Disney put into making it authentic and really respecting and representing the culture, the locals love it. The locals absolutely love it. And there is so much there that, I mean, and they're always doing things like, in the lobby and around different parts of the property to kind of like, you know, kind of explain to you why this is like this and you know, how it all, all ties into Hawaiian culture. It is a very, very authentic Hawaiian experience. Um, Halani in and of itself is a destination. Locals go there on the weekends. This is something that they've chosen to do for mm-hmm. their time off. So there's enough there to do to fill a couple days for sure. But one of the things we tell our clients as well is that, um, your quote-unquote theme park, the activities you would do in a theme park, is actually Hawaii itself. Yeah, You know, Oahu is one of the most beautiful destinations in the world. And there's so much to do there. You'll never be able to do it in a few days or even in a week. So you're never going to get bored. It's also depending on what you like. Mm-hmm. If you want to sit by the beach, beautiful place to sit by the beach all day long and just relax and chill out. We look at it as a completely different vacation than a theme park vacation. It's not about running and doing and and being active every minute of the day it's more about relaxing and enjoying and just sort of uh detaching and not being so involved every single minute of every day you also feel like you are not in the united states in my opinion for us at least like you feel like you are in a different place um i think it comes from at Olani, they treat you just like they treat their own family or relatives everybody's auntie everybody's uncle and cousin and i don't think I encountered one angry person no. or upset person, whether it be someone who was staying there with us, like Les, or a worker. And like you said, I saw people that we encountered either as bar staff or maybe a server or a hotel staff in general on the beach enjoying themselves or at the pool with their children, like you said. Um, I haven't been with my own kids. I've only been without, but... I think you guys will have a great time. And if you're active, which you kind of look like you might be, um, we loved paddle boarding, out, kayaking. Can you tell that from his shoulders? Well, <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's kind of broad. <laughs> I mean, he's a police officer. He's got to chase bad guys. Come on. Got to be in some kind of shape. But yeah, um, kayaking, paddle boarding. Um, you can do all the snorkeling right there in their little. What do you call that? Pond. No, it's not They're a lagoon. Like that. Yeah, that lagoon <laughs> yeah. in It's yeah. not a pond. <laughs> No, it's not. I, I can like, give you the, the, girl. the biggest compliment I can give you is that John and I, <clears throat> excuse me, John and I get to travel frequently, and we're very lucky to be able to do that. We own points, DVC points, and we've been to Alani a couple of times now, and we have decided that Alani is the place that we want to go back to every year, and not because 
of the wild entertainment, although there's a great deal of entertainment, Alani is calm. And I can't explain it to you better than that. But it's so good that we went out and bought another contract so we have more points. And another friend of us went out and bought another contract so that we could go back every year. We're going in May for 12 days. So it's to me, that's, that's, a, that's my compliment. I want to go back year after year. The the other thing is too that uh, you know I, I know one of the one of the concerns you have is is there going to be enough to do, to warrant, you know, a full vacation in in Oahu or, or on the island of Oahu. And the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before. Um, the uh, the number of things to see and do. I mean, you should go to Waikiki just because to say you mm-hmm. did, but then never go back again because it's just <laughs> this awful concrete jungle it's oh i can't stand waikiki the north shore though if you want to see some really just authentic hawaiian you know environment and the town of haleiwa um uh, matsumoto shave ice uh, in haleiwa uh go see the sea turtles up there i mean there's just so much to do um i asked if you were going to rent a car if you're not going to rent a car for the entire stay one of the great things about Alani is that there's a car rental agency right there on the on yeah. property, and you can rent the car for just the day. Get it in the morning, return it at night. You don't have to pay for parking or anything like that. And that's a significant savings because I think parking is like forty-five dollars a, very a, a night. Yeah, yeah. So it's and, you can, and you can take a car for a day and see a lot of the island. Um, we have actually driven around the island, so that goes in a day. So that shows you, you know, how small it is but also how much there is to do. You can also fill several days like that. But that my suggestion is take at least one day and rent a car for the day and get out and see some stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of your questions for the team uh, before you before you head out? Yeah. Um, my next question was, when I go there, I know Hawaiian culture is a big thing, but did they tone it down a little bit? I was a little concerned that when Kevin tried to order something or get a spa treatment, it was the hakapaka something, and he couldn't get any kind of you know, services until he spoke that language. Have they toned it down a bit? That was very early on. We got to go to Olani pre-opening, and we got to go shortly thereafter. And I think they were very excited about it. Uh, Since then, I just find the whole resort lovely. Yeah, I haven't had that experience where, you know, they were being particular about how you ordered something. Um, What you you do have, uh, the bartenders, for example, all speak, I forgot the language, uh, what the name of the language is, the native language. There's a name for it, and I can't think of what it is. But all the bartenders, for example, all speak that language. Um, And uh, it's kind of rare to find uh, people that speak the language anymore. So uh, The Hawaiian people are very proud of their culture, and they're going to want to bring you into their culture. And their culture is very inviting. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called the Aloha Spirit. They're very hospitable in general. So while you're going to see that everywhere you go, it's definitely not off-putting. Mm-mm. It's definitely not... It's genuine. Right. It's very genuine. I think Kevin's experience, like you said, this was very early on in Alani's stay. And I actually believe that this was a non-Hawaiian cast member who was told, we're going to be authentic and you're going to use all the words. I think they've since really toned it down since then because it's very. I find Alani so relaxing in every it aspect. It is, and if you find that you feel uncomfortable saying a word, just point and say, "That's what I want." Exactly. <laughs> um, what else? What else are you thinking about uh, in, in terms of your trip? Another big thing is the food. 
I know that when you guys first went there, the food was a little off-putting, but I think in subsequent shows, you guys found the food to get better. Would you guys say the food is good? And if I eat it, I'm, I'm every day. I might have to get a second mortgage. Is there any places <laughs> yes. near Irani that are just as good, maybe yeah. not as pricey? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, you know, for a long time, Ama Ama and the other uh, buffet restaurant were the only games in town. And you needed reservations. Even if the restaurant was empty, if you didn't have a reservation, they wouldn't let you in. Uh, now they've opened up that uh, quick service location where... I thought the food there was fantastic. Um, so they really have, you know, offered, they have a nice balance now. If you just want to grab something quick, uh, that, that that quick service location over by the adult pool is is really, really good. Can I also say one more thing with that? They've also, they do a lot of uh, table side service outside. So if you're sitting outside and you're sunbathing or you're at a table, they will come over and bring you a menu. And Are you going to have a room with a kitchen? No, that's why. No, I they're not doing DVC. Yeah, no. So it's a, it's a studio ocean view. They said no kitchen, but I have a microwave. So in general, I I believe the food at Alani is expensive, but I believe it's expensive in terms of if you stayed at any other luxury hotel in any other city in the world, it's very expensive anyway. Um, we all going to talk. I think we're going to mention this right across the street from right. Alani. And when I say right across the street, I'm talking about John and Kevin right across the street. <laughs> you know, people go, oh, it's nearby your hotel, and it's a six-mile walk. No, this is literally right across the street. They've uh, almost completed this full um, shopping area. And in addition to there being stores and there being uh, an ABC store where you can buy fit food, there's also several restaurants that are not only reasonably priced, but very good food. And I'll tell you something. One of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life, right across the street restaurant called monkey pot um the food was phenomenal and the coffee some of the best coffee i've i literally made them tell me what the coffee was i can't remember it now but made them tell me what the coffee was and sitting at the table over dinner i'm on my phone ordering it because it was so good it was such great coffee so monkey pod's also great um and also if you're just really lazy um, as long as they're not busy, Bell Services will take you in a golf cart across the street um, if you ask them. Um, so they're very accommodating with that. But yeah, right across the street. But then also we've had uh, breakfast at uh, this. This you need a car. What was the place? The diner we went to. Um, Auntie Aunt- Miller's. Auntie. Oh, I can't think of it. We go to it Annie every Miller's. time. Anna, Anna Miller's. Miller's. Anna Miller's. Um, you surprised me with that. I didn't. I had to think for a minute. It's which, actually over by uh, Pearl, Pearl City. By it's Pearl, Pearl Harbor, City. yeah. By Pearl Harbor. Um, again, this is something you definitely need a car for, and it's a locals' place. It's not a place where you're going to find tourists. It's all locals go there to eat, and we think it's wonderful. We go many times during our our trip. But then again, if, if you have a car, if you're going to Pearl Harbor, definitely go and see Anna Miller's. Yeah, but and, uh, I think in the general vicinity of of Alani, there's quite a bit. And again, we talk about. I mentioned the ABC store. The ABC store has not only stuff you can purchase and make. If you had a kitchen or even in your microwave, you might make something. But there's also prepared foods, so you can go and get a sandwich or right. a sub or a salad. ABC stores in Hawaii, um, they're like one stop shopping. You can buy alcohol. You can buy bathing suit you can buy food a ukulele. you can buy toenail clippers <laughs> you can buy a ukulele i think you can buy snow tires it's they have everything now for the for a disney fan like us 
that uh, planning is a big part of every vacation we take. We're gonna we're gonna plan everything to within an inch of its life. Um, my best experiences in Hawaii have come from getting in the car, picking a direction, driving, having no idea where I'm going, and just happening across someplace, happening across a restaurant, happening across a store, happening across a beach, because the beaches are all free, uh, especially at sunset up on the North Shore. You'll never see, uh, those sites are, those sites are, are you're not going to find them anywhere else, not like that. Those, my best experiences have come from doing that, that, that existential, impromptu, get in the car, pick a direction, go, and see where the road takes you. And you really can't get lost on the island. I mean, it's not that big an island. And I think, you know, the furthest you'll ever be away from Milani is about an hour and a half, two hours. Um, so you can't, you really can't get hurt. Um, and those have been my, my best experiences. Um, some of the best things I've discovered, the best things I've found, fine-ass chocolates, for example, uh, found just kind of doing that. And it was a great chocolate place. And there was a great restaurant right next to it, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, but we had an amazing meal there, and we just happened up- upon it. We didn't look for it. Um, you know, the first time we were out there, you know, Walter stopped at a shrimp, wanted to, there were these shrimp trucks in the yeah. side of the road. The trucks are very popular. Up on the North Shore, and they're really popular. And at first, I was terrified, you know, that he was <laughs> yeah. going to die because right. he's eating sh- seafood out of a the truck the <laughs> off the side of the road. But, you know, they were, it was amazing. And, you know, everybody raves about it. And these are, these are some of the experiences that, that I think are the ones that stay with you. And especially when you discover them. You know, for me, it's about taking my camera and just going. And When we first went, we, we stayed. The first time we stayed in Hawaii, we stayed in Waikiki. And I was very disappointed. It didn't look like anything I expected. It looked like Fifth Avenue in New York with palm trees and a beach. Um, but I like the fact that that's there. I like the fact that you can go and visit it and see it, but not have to be in the part in the middle of it. And we wanted to go. Well, I had heard that Kailua, which is on the other side of the island, was completely different. It was very laid back, had a very mellow vibe. And we wanted to go see it. And I asked for directions. I said, how would we get to Kailua? And this woman grabbed her throat and said, oh, my gosh, that's so far. And I thought, well, it's an island. How far can it be? And she said, sir, that's 20 miles. Jeez. <laughs> oh, we drive more than 20 miles to get here. So it wasn't a big deal. And John considers it one of the most beautiful drives he's ever done. Yeah, you absolutely. go through the mountains and you go through tunnels and it's just gorgeous. You get some amazing views. But it's 20 miles away and it's the exact opposite side of the island. I had read a fact one time that Oahu has all of the climate zones on Earth except an Arctic zone. There's a desert, there's a rainforest, there's a temperate zone. We drove over to Kailua, and it was an entirely different feel, and there's like the Kailua main store that we stop at every time that we love. It's just a, it's a small town feel, but it's... I have a funny story to tell you. We went swimming on the beach in Kailua one day, and all of a sudden there was this big black spot in the water. And John told me, get out of the water. There's a body in the water. Get out, get out, get out. So he and I, and I kept saying, what's the matter? We should tell somebody. He goes, no, I don't want to fill out paperwork. Get out of the water. (laughs) Um, So we get out of the water, and this woman saw us standing there. She goes, what's the matter? John goes, there's a body in the water. She looked down. She goes, that's a sea turtle. (laughs) So, But it's beautiful, and it's 20 miles away. So it's an entirely different attitude and atmosphere. So that's fine. 
All right. So, so now, Mike, you're leaving next week. Next week. And uh, I think you're going to have an amazing time, but you're going to come back on the show after, you've, uh, uh, after you return and tell us all about your experience and what you learned. I would love to. Awesome. Mike, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Have a great trip. All right, folks. Uh, we are going to move on to our review of Fulton's Crab House a go-go. Crunch. A go-go. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Um, and... Uh, for this, uh, Johnny Kevin couldn't join us, so it was uh, uh, my mom and my brother and Diana Varley, uh, Bob's oh, wow. wife, joined us, Great. and uh, Jackie Gailey and her husband and Kathy uh, and my niece Melanie. So we went on Sunday to do this, and I got to be honest that my, uh, you know, my experience with first of all, I'm not a seafood eater, so Fulton's is not some place I naturally gravitate towards. Um, and the times that I have found myself eating there, I've always had either a hit or miss experience with the food. So I wasn't really sure what, what to expect. Um, now, when we say brunch, uh, I think you even thought, Kevin, that this was going to be like, you know, a, like a buffet brunch that you would normally find. Or at least a portion of a buffet. No, it's not, uh, it is no. not a, a buffet at all. In wow. fact, they just add... Uh, they have a separate brunch menu that's in addition to their existing menu because they only open for lunch or dinner. And uh, this is on Sundays only that you'll have the, uh, the option of ordering from a brunch menu. And here are the items that you will find. A crab and asparagus benedict, which is two poached egg eggs, jumbo lump crab, asparagus, bacon, smoked trout roe challah, and a lobster-infused hollandaise sauce for $22.00. You have a Monte Cristo, which is, a, it is an interesting take on a Monte Cristo. It's French toast, ham, applewood bacon, egg, Swiss cheese, a fresh berry compote, and maple syrup, and that's $16. A corned beef hash, which is house-smoked corned beef, red-skinned potatoes, and caramelized onions, and that was $16. Do you have that picture? should be there. I don't believe the corned beef hash is in there. should be. And I put it in. Okay, well, there is a corned beef hash, even though we don't have a picture of it. Um, the New Orleans barbecue uh, shrimp, a crispy five-minute egg, which was the subject of much discussion uh, at the table, a buttermilk biscuit, uh, and spicy black pepper butter sauce for $20. Um, the, uh, the most challenging and interesting, in my opinion, uh, item on the menu, the Kobe breakfast burger. Just two Kobe beef patties, a fried egg, hash browns, candied bacon, cheddar cheese, oh. sweet onion jam, shredded lettuce, and a tomato for $19. A heart attack for $19. It's a heart Please attack explain on, the oh, thing next to it. There is a chocolate milkshake. You know, <laughs> let's go now. Right. Was that one of the little teeny tiny mason jars? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. my gosh. And uh, they also serve several brunch cocktails that are ranging from $13 to $20. We did not uh, order any of those. Um now again, this is available in addition to the uh, the regular menu. So first, I want to talk about um, our experience. Uh, made a reservation for eight people was no trouble. There is no trouble making reservations here, by the way, folks. Uh, there were plenty of open tables. Um, and do you uh, think f- it was because it was new, or do you think it's just? The restaurant. Well, the, no, it's the 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 addition of the brunch menu is new, but they've always been open for lunch at eleven thirty. So, but that. part of the thing, it was on the rehab list 
to go down at the same time that Planet Hollywood did. So the first part of January, it was going to be down for six months. And they took it off the rehab list. And we were there and there was no heat in the restaurant. Right. Well, that was the other thing I was going to mention. We got in there and it was a very, very chilly morning uh, Sunday for us. It was in the 40s. And uh, the restaurant had no heat. Um, And uh, so that was uh, that was a challenge. Um, But okay, I was like, oh, God, I really hope this is not going to be one of those one of those experiences. Then our server, who was a very sweet guy, um, wasn't let's just say the service wasn't attentive. Um, It took forever to get our food. It took a long time. Cups of coffee came out already poured. Oh, um, and oh, and then you bring it through a cold restaurant. Getting, yeah. getting. Well, I mean, it was still a lot. You know, we were all like grabbing the coffee the room, <laughs> to warm yeah. our hands, um, and getting refills on our drinks were. I mean, I, I I don't know, like if he had like tables in another part of the restaurant or whatever. Of the boat, you mean? But <laughs> it was really difficult to get refills and stuff like that. But again, very nice guy, um, and it took. What we did was we ordered all of the brunch items first, kind of like an appetizer, let everybody try it. And then we could, I I told everybody then, like, for your main course, just order whatever it is you want off the menu, either the brunch menu or the regular menu. And so it took 45 minutes for the food to come out. And, you know, so that was that was not good. No, that's not good. That I just was, have to jump in for a second. I have a picture of my mother at Fulton's. I could find it for you. I, it's probably she passed away. It'll be five years. So I'm probably probably talking eight or nine years ago when we were doing a restaurant review. And she is wrapped up. They brought her a tablecloth. And oh, she's wow. wrapped up. She looks like one of the nuns from The Sound of Music and the tablecloth <laughs> because it was so cold in there. Okay, so maybe this is an ongoing problem. Um, however, when the food finally came, when the food finally came, I have to tell you, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was. It was good. Everything Sounds you good. described sounded incredible. I would have eaten, I would order any one of those items. So, and everybody at the table, no one had a complaint. Um, everybody was either like, okay, this is good, or oh my God, this is amazing. Um, I was uh, particularly interested in the Monte Cristo and the Kobe breakfast burger. Both sounded really good. And they were. They were. Um, I'm used to the Monte Cristos they serve out in Disneyland. Um, and there's the angel. <laughs> apparently an angel just got her wings. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm used to the, you know, which is a very, very different uh, sandwich. Uh, it's a sandwich out in Disneyland, a deep fried ham and cheese sandwich. So this is uh, done quite differently with French toast. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. It's very it was. good. My mother absolutely loved mm. this. Wow. Um, the, uh, the Kobe beef breakfast burger, as absolutely vile as it sounds, it sounded good. It was delicious. It was very, very good. The way you described it, and even the picture, it sounded really good. I'm my, surprised you thought it sounded bad. My issue with because uh, uh, Diana ended up ordering that as her main course. Um, my issue with the first one that came out was that the 
one of the burger patties had been grossly overcooked. Oh, yeah. So it was like a mouthful of charcoal. Um, the second one that came out, though, was that was not the case. Right. That one was perfect. Now, uh, you tried the crab and asparagus Benedict. No, no I you didn't. didn't. No. Well, somebody did. Somebody <laughs> okay. did, and they yeah. loved it. Oh, yeah. Everybody that had looked, the bits and pieces of everything, everybody liked everything yeah. that came out. What did you order as your main? I ordered the, well, for the, after we did the appetizers, I had the fish and chips, but I had that barbecue uh, shrimp. You tried the barbecued shrimp. Yes. And I said I was fascinated by the five-minute crispy egg. Right. Yeah. Because I thought when you say crispy egg, it's like you've left it in the skillet for too long. But it was like a soft-boiled egg from back in the day that now we're not, no longer allowed to have soft-boiled eggs. But it was a soft-boiled egg in the shape of an egg, like you'd taken it out of the thing, which, as we said, you know, to peel a soft-boiled egg is a feat in itself. And then they, they breaded it with breadcrumbs and fried it, and it was still you know, runny in the middle. Hmm. Really, really good. A different texture to your eggs, but it's like... People were, the people at the table were fascinated by yes. the crispy egg. I mean, they were talking about the crispy egg for... What well, since we're no like longer a, allowed to have them, have to <laughs> yeah. um, Are we no longer allowed to have soft-boiled eggs? <laughs> except, except that meal that it said that it was supposed to have a pepper gravy or something. It didn't. Ours only had the barbecue sauce on it. Right. And uh, one of the things that people were noting about the barbecue sauce, which I would find out when I ordered my main course, was that uh, it was a good barbecue sauce, but it had a lot of heat. Um, mm-hmm. It was definitely spicy. Well, it does. Well, I think that it doesn't say barbecue on here. Well, it says barbecue shrimp, but down here it just says spicy black pepper butter sauce. Maybe. Well, I think that was. There was supposed to be something, I think, go over the biscuit. Because the biscuit was just sitting like the there. the sauce like, on the side. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I yeah. think Where do you so. see the sauce? Because all over on the side there it looks like gravy. Yeah. It's yeah, like all yeah, black that was and the, like the barbecue sauce. Yeah, that um. was the barbecue sauce. Um, so, all of these items, all of these brunch items, were met with, you know, better than average reviews. Then we ordered mm-hmm. our our main courses, and for some of us, said, "Oh, I really like that, so I'm going to order that." Um, I decided to try for a non-seafood eater to see what their regular menu was like. So I ordered a half rack of their baby back, their baby back ribs. And, you know, ribs are a thing for me. I love ribs and I'm kind of picky about my ribs. And I got to tell you, the only thing about these ribs I didn't like, and it's a minor complaint, I'm not a big spice fan. And there was the same barbecue sauce on the ribs that they're using on the shrimp. And it definitely had that heat. And they were te- the waiter told me they use uh, Old Bay spices. Is mm-hmm. that what they said? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, which I thought was kind of different. Uh, but it was absolutely delicious. The ribs were, ap- were perfectly, perfectly prepared. And, you know, uh, we're going to get to the overall cost in a second. But uh, the... Uh, Half rack of ribs is twenty two dollars. Um, seemed to be about the norm on this menu was uh, things in the eighteen to twenty three dollar range, uh, which I thought okay, eh, not sure about it. But when you get the food and the portion sizes and the quality of it, you're like okay, absolutely. No, this is this is great. Uh, you had the fish and chips, mm-hmm. and you made some interesting comments about the fish and chips. Well, I'm a fish and chip kind of girl that 
You know, everywhere I go, if they've got fish and chips on the menu, I order it. And this is probably one of the best that I've had. And the, the batter on it was, you know, like thin, but it was crispy. And Jackie and I were both saying we, it reminds us a lot of the, what is it, Cooks of Dublin, like over oh, yeah. at Raglan Road. Um, same type of thing. So very good fish and chips. I got to say something. Based on the pictures you're showing me, everything is plated with care. Yes. There's mm-hmm. definitely a finesse to how it was presented to you. So that tells me that the chef is uh, proud of what he's doing for sure. And he should be. I'll tell you, it, it, like I said, you know, everything I tasted. I want some corned beef hash. I was, love corned beef hash. <laughs> Dan, I'm not a fan <laughs> of corned corn beef, beef hash. hash. So my mother, my mother thought that was the best dish on the table. My mother went nuts for the corned beef hash. She and Mel it. had it, and she ate it. Yeah, she, she ate said it all. It was very good. And that's a, my ne- my niece is a bit of a picky, can be a bit of a picky eater. So, um, so here's the here's the thing: um, eight people ordering all the brunch menus, and then everybody having an additional main course. The bill for this. Tables in Wonderland with the gratuity added in, two hundred and ninety dollars. Wow! For eight adults. I had a number in my head. I thought it was going to be north of four hundred. That's what I thought. Wow. And when I got the bill, I was like, "Oh, wow, um, folks! This is a great place for a Sunday brunch. Mm-hmm. This is a great. This is an easy. I think it's an easy reservation to get. I think if you you know a, a Sunday afternoon over at Disney Springs." Going to do some shopping. Going to maybe on a walk around. Day. Maybe on a warmer yeah. day, uh, or when the heat's working. Um, it. I, I was. I was really surprised. Um, like I said, my expectations were. Mm. Um, one of the things I, I'm, I'm trying. We're trying to do right now is go review some of the restaurants that we've uh, maybe not had great experiences at before. Uh, see if they've changed, and. So for me, like I said, you know, the last time I was there, wasn't wasn't really impressed. I would go back here. I would go back here for those ribs. I would certainly go back here for this brunch. Mm-hmm. So is it only served on Sunday? I, I believe so. Yes, yes. yes. it's yes. only served on Sunday. So and, and the waiter said that it was supposed to go down for rehab in April. Right for like six months. So you know, if you're so going to come before then, go there for breakfast. If lunch. you're going to be here, yeah, I, I strongly suggest if you're going to be here before it goes down for rehab in April in the next few months, absolutely give this a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I, I got to tell you, I was I was very very pleasantly pleasantly surprised by how good it was, and uh, like I said, with the exception of the service being a little spotty, um, and. I think there was a, a reason for that. I think this guy was maybe, yeah, you know, divided up into too many areas because uh, he seemed to be running into other yes. rooms a lot. But um, how early was your reservation? Eleven thirty. So was it the was the, the, first, we were the first seating? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the kitchen's not fired up. So. <laughs> well, thank God a wood burning stove back there. That would heat the rest of the restaurant. Yeah, really. People are asking, uh, how does it work with, um, like, the dining plan? Do you know? Um, well, the dining plan at Fulton's usually is two table service two credits. Two table service credits. But I didn't see what they said it was for the buffet. They did ask us if well, we it wasn't had, a buffet. It was or, I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. See, that's why I was confused. Kathy's fault. <laughs> 
the brunch? Well, I imagine, yeah, I don't know if the, I've got the menu here, and it doesn't say anything on the menu about it. So I'm, I actually don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's usually two. It's, a, it's normally a two-table yeah. service credit. So I imagine that, you know, they're including brunch in that, because there's nothing on the brunch menu that's more expensive than what's on the Standard menu, I mean, really. I mean, prices for brunch range from 16 to $22. It's um, nice that they're doing this. I think brunch is overlooked at Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, brunch is so fun. Yeah, I would definitely go back. I'd take family <laughs> and friends, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, will, I would absolutely go back and do this again. So if you're, in, uh, if you're happening on downtown Disney uh, on a Disney Sunday Springs. morning, or Disney Springs, excuse me. <laughs> I never get used to that. I still call it MGM Studios. Um, then this is absolutely a great place to stop for brunch on a Sunday morning. So, all right, that is going to do it for our show for this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. We want to say a special thank you to Mike Campbell taking time uh, to join us and look forward to talking to him again in a few weeks after he gets back from his trip. And thank you for taking time to sit with us as well today. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Stay warm. 